Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Monday, August 24th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the uh, Indians, after winning 20 in a row against the Detroit Tigers, come into this weekend series and lose two out of three. Uh, the Tigers hit the ball all, all over the park against Carlos Carrasco on Sunday. Uh, did not look good, and the offense just didn't find itself at any point during the game, uh, Greg Allen hits a, a late three-run homer to make it look a little more respectable. But, you know, they uh, they took it on the chin Sunday. It was it was pretty bad. Yeah, Joe, as we said, you know, uh, that seri- uh, about the Tigers coming out of that series in Detroit, they're getting better. And, uh, you know, the Indians weren't going to dominate them like they have. But, uh, you know, that was, that was an ugly uh, performance. Uh, Sunday and and getting beat ten to five Friday didn't help the cause either. So, um, hey, you know the division's getting better, and right. you know it's about time. And uh, the Indians are going to have to uh, have to uh, <laughs> improve along with it or get left by the wayside here. It had been five hundred days since the Indians woke up losers to the uh, to the Tigers, and that's what happened on Saturday morning. But Saturday uh, night, it, it turned around when they had the debut of Tristan McKenzie. Uh, excellent outing, six innings, 10 strikeouts. And uh, the, the Indians offense helped him out and, and rallied, came back and, and got him in position, got his first major league win. Uh, a lot of excitement generated by McKenzie, enough so that he's going to get a chance to start another game and stay with the club. Uh, it won't just be a spot start. It was uh, it, it it turns into at least a, a week on the major league uh, roster for McKenzie. Yeah, good for him. He he earned it, Joe. Uh, just a just a dazzling performance. Just really exciting. Ten strikeouts, six innings, one run, two hits. You know, it kind of remind it reminded me of uh, Danny Salazar's debut against the uh, the Blue Jays in 2013, where you know he was hitting close to 100 miles an hour, struck out six or seven guys, went uh, six innings in a win over the Blue Jays. and uh, But just a great, great performance. Um, and uh, you just didn't know what to expect from him. And, uh, Joe, he, he's got to have the longest legs in the big leagues, doesn't he? I mean, <laughs> the guy looks like he has legs up to his knee, up to his neck. <laughs> all legs, all legs and arms. Uh, it, 
that's got to be weird to be standing in the batter's box and see that coming at you. Uh, really sort of like a right-handed Randy Johnson with the, uh, the, the way he can extend and get his arms out there. Uh, that ball must, must get on you. If he throws 94, 95, it must feel like it's 98. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he let it go. You know, he was, he lived up to the scouting reports, fastball, curveball, and those were the majority of his pitches. And, uh, he threw, you know, close to, I think, 70%. Well, maybe I, I'm not sure what his percentage of strikes was. But he only threw 80 pitches. They got him out of there in time. Uh, the, and the Indians, you know, which was cool, they scored, what, four runs or you know, four runs in the bottom of the six to make mm-hmm. them a winner. So he had everything going for him. Last, right. And last when, when your first major league strikeout comes against a future Hall of Famer, Miguel Cabrera, and, and, and you look pretty efficient doing so, uh, that's got to feel great. Uh, I thought it was really cool that, that Nolan Jones, uh, the, the Indians' top prospect, uh, who's, who's been working with McKenzie out at Lake County uh, up until the call-up, uh, Nolan Jones finds his way to the parking deck uh, beyond the left field wall, and he's standing there uh, looking over the wall and, and watching McKenzie's performance. I, I, I when, back before COVID times, I would park in that, uh, that same area uh, when the, the, the media area was full down below. So I'd go up to the top of that deck and I'd park in the same area. And it's a pretty decent view of, you know, at least the, the batter and the pitcher and the left side uh, of the outfield. But uh, you've got to be about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, to be able to, to stand there the whole time and see over the window. Uh, that, that's the trick. I, I think a lot of people don't realize that that's not the, the most ideal place to, to watch the game from. But just the fact that uh, Jones is there supporting his his hopefully future teammate to uh, see the two of those guys on the roster uh, together sometime soon. Uh, that was pretty cool to see Nolan Jones there. Yeah, that was neat, definitely. And who knows, we might see Nolan Jones up here at some point before this season ends. Although this season is, is closing. This season is, is going by quickly, Joe. Man, oh, man. Yeah, they we're, we're almost to the halfway point right now in the schedule uh, after after 28 games. Uh, the Indians have, have won, what, 17 uh, of 28? Yeah. Uh, so 17 and 11. Uh, still in second place in the division. You've got Chicago, you know, beating the hell out of the ball offensively. And, and it, this was to be expected. Uh, they've pretty much got uh, a lineup uh, that can, can hit home run. I guess Jose Abreu went crazy over the weekend uh, in Chicago. And uh, really, this is this is what we expected them to to just sort of be up there, uh, pushing the Indian, pu- pushing behind the Indians as they chase Minnesota. Minnesota coming to town this weekend, uh, and and really how the Indians pitching stacks up uh, for the upcoming weekend and beyond is is really what we wanted to talk about today. Uh, they announced that they're yeah, going to Joe, have. I mean, uh, they, they announced I'm they're going to have uh, Savali and Bieber as the first two starters of the series against the twins, but Wednesday's starter uh, uh, yet to be determined. I think Adam Pluck goes in line uh, for that start, but uh, that, that could change. Who knows? And, and beyond that, you've got to figure out a way to get uh, Tristan Tom or trap. Sorry, Tristan. I'm going to do that so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got to figure out a way to get Tristan McKenzie into the rotation somewhere again for another start. Uh, what are they going to do? Uh, is, is Plucko really going to get a start on Wednesday? I doubt it, Joe. I think they're going to either, you know, insert Clevenger or Plesac, uh into that spot, and uh, you know, give uh, give uh, Tristan uh, McKenzie a start. Uh, perhaps 
you know, next Friday, Friday, this Friday against with St. Louis, mm-hmm. maybe, or, you know, I think they'll manipulate the uh, rotation, but Joe, this is, this is one of the few times you've got too many starters, you know, you've got police Hack and the, and uh, Clevenger down at Lake County. Uh, they're eligible to come back today. Uh, their 10 day option is up today, I should say. Um, and uh, so, you know, you've got, and Plutko is not, you know, has struggled, struggled in his, as, uh, you know, Clevenger's replacement in rotation. So, you know, maybe if, if this was a 162 game season, you give, you give Adam, a, you know, a couple of shots more to get straightened out, but I don't know how much, how long you can wait here. So you've got two guys, you know, and again, Clevenger hasn't pitched that well. He hasn't pitched in a while either. Mm-hmm. You know, police act is coming off that those six scoreless innings on August 8th against the White Sox. Um, you know, so that's kind of a coin flip right there. Which who do you go with? I think they'll go with Clevenger. I think with the more the more experience, you know, they're facing the Twins, a big series, but uh, they've got some options. Right, uh, Plucko. Let's let's just go over the the reason why there's sort of uh, this doubt right now. Uh, Plucko in his last three outings against the Cubs and two straight against the Tigers. Uh, against the Cubs, four innings, four hits. Uh, one earned run, two strikeouts, and a walk uh, against the the Tigers back on the 16th. Uh, two and two-thirds innings, six hits, uh, three runs earned, uh, and, you know, one strikeout. Uh, and then, of course, the other night, Friday against the, the Tigers, uh, another loss, uh, three and a third innings, five hits, seven earned runs, uh, two walks, and two home runs allowed. Uh, he's he's just not been effective, and he. I, I guess I, what we saw on Friday night was he he sort of breezed through the lineup the first time, and then the second time through the uh, the batting order, uh, he he really just couldn't get anybody out. Yeah, they got him in the fourth inning there for seven runs on five hits on the second turn second turn through the uh, through the Tigers lineup after you know he he like you said he cruised through the first three so. You know they've got. Uh, it's you know. It's just to me. It seems like you probably got to make a move now. You've got the. They're, they're, you've got Plesek and Clevenger there for a reason. Uh, you know how, and I think, you know whether how no matter how it goes in the clubhouse with those two guys, I think you know you're trying to win ball games. They're trying to win ball games. Uh, they're trying to you know look good for their future. So you turn them loose here and. Uh, you know, and and trust that people are going to do their job. I mean, of the two, Plesak is the one who was, you know, in the best shape coming out of uh, or coming into that suspension. Not suspension, uh, the demotion, I guess you would, you would say the option. Uh, Plesak had had pitched a real gem against the, the White Sox before he went out and, you know, decided to do something he shouldn't have done. And he would be, you know, in my mind, the, the guy that they would want, you know, first, but Clevenger's the veteran with a more proven track record. So, so who knows? Uh, as far as Carrasco goes now, here, here's the alarming one, because this is a guy who in his first two starts was, was lights out. He was uh, six innings in each of his first three outings and, you know, no more than two or three earned runs tops each game gave the Indians a chance to win his last three outings. Uh, four and a third, four and a third, three and a third, and he's given up uh, over his last three starts. He's allowed 10 earned runs, 
three home runs and he's walked nine. And that's been a real problem, a real concern for Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, definitely. Carlos does not look like himself. Uh, you know, after those first two good starts, he always seems to have that one one kind of bad inning where, you know, kind of snowballs on him. Um, last Yesterday he said he could, he just kind of lost his fastball. He didn't, you know, didn't know where it went. So, um, you know, that's a concern. And, you know, what do you do there? I mean, you know, everybody knows what he went through last year. Um, when he, you know, he missed three months. When he came back, he was in the bullpen. You know, he's come back and he, you know, he seemed to make a successful return to the rotation. Now, uh, you know, you've got some options. Um, but I think, do you go with Carrasco's track record? You know, and, 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 and you know, and trust that he's going to figure this out as long as he's healthy, as long as he's sound, um, and just, you know, keep sending him back out there? Or do you make a change because you have some arms that you could make a change with. All right. Well, we asked our, our listeners and our uh, subscribers on subtext to weigh in with their thoughts on who should be uh, next in the Indians rotation or who should step in and fill in uh, if there's a, a spot where that could happen. Uh, so these are some of the responses that we got from subtext. Uh, again, it's uh, in cleveland.com slash subtext. You can subscribe for $3.99 a month. Uh, get text messages from Hoynes and myself, uh, Indians breaking news as it happens, and uh, our thoughts and the ability to uh, interact with us and respond on this show uh, every day. So here's some of the, uh, the, the takes from folks that, uh, that you know, may or may not want Clevenger and Plesak back or, or Plicko in the rotation. Uh, this guy from the Columbus area says, just doing the simple math of it, it would seem like the Indians intend to keep McKenzie around. That's one too many starters with the return of uh, Plesak and Clevenger, even without Plutko. How do you imagine it working out? Uh, he said, I'm going with Plesak. Uh, the sooner they come back, the better. Team will be mad at them at first and not be friendly for a day or two whenever they return. Might as well get that frosty period over with so, so as soon as possible. They can have a full team for the rest of the season. Uh, another one from Columbus. Clevenger, really? If anything, he was the worst defender by keeping his secret, although Plesak's lame defense of his actions is close second. Uh, I hate to see them abandon the team principles uh, for the sake of winning. I guess Wednesday is too soon for McKenzie again. Uh, this one from the Cleveland Area Code 216. Uh, Plutko to go on Wednesday, let him redeem himself for his last bad outing. So there's, uh, do you give Plutko one more chance to, to go out there and, and start against that, that Twins lineup that I guess uh, could, could really do some damage? Yeah, the Twins are banged up a little bit, Joe. What, Donaldson still isn't back. Buxton mm -hmm. is out. Uh, who's the catcher? Uh, um, uh, Garver's Garver. out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so th those, are, those are three big bats to take out of that lineup, but still. Uh, I think, uh, you know, depending on how Plesak and, and, and Clevenger threw in their uh, simulated games last week at uh, Eastlake, you know, I'm going with one of those guys. I, you know, I, I like Plutko, and, but I think, you know, this is uh, – you're trying to win a ball game, and, uh, you know, it, it makes sense to me. I'll read, I'll read here two more takes from, uh, from users, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up with them. Uh, this one from the 440 area code. 
What have you been watching? It's Plesak. Clevenger's been ordinary at best and unreliable so far. This isn't about the clubhouse situation. It's about numbers. Plesak should be out there until Clevenger proves he's back from the spring training injury. Why sacrifice games in a much more intense, shortened season where every game counts for two and a half? So, so there's, the, uh, there's the pragmatist right there. That's the, uh, look, you, you go with the best, uh, you know, damn all the rest and, and go with the numbers. And, and before things changed, it was, it was Plesak who was giving you the best chance to win. Yeah, and uh, that makes sense. And, and Joe, I'm thinking, you know, I think people are thinking they're going to call both these guys up at the same time. They don't necessarily have to do that. Or they could call them, you know, one could stay and, and, and one could, uh, you know, come up and, and take and, and get reinserted into rotation. Or maybe you call both of them up and one goes into bullpen. I, I, I don't or, know, you know. Or maybe you trade one of them before yeah. next Monday, which is the trading deadline. A week from today is the, the major league trading deadline. And I haven't seen on any of the national uh, shows uh, anything about Tre- uh, Clevenger being, uh, you know, trade bait. But he would seem the, the most likely candidate of the two since you've got control over Plesak for at least the next five years. Uh, and, and Clevenger would be, again, eligible for arbitration next year and probably, you know, make uh, a couple million dollars more than, than he was this year. Yeah, he made four four this year, which was cut in half because of the uh, the prorated uh, prorated pay scale. Uh, so I'm not sure what he what he'd be in line for. A couple like maybe seven million, jump up to seven million next mm-hmm. year. But but I mean, it, it also you know based on his performance too. So you know, it's just not service time. Right. All right. All right. We'll wrap it up with Bill from Peoria, Arizona, who says, "Guys, I think it's Plesac." Flutko hasn't been very effective in his most recent starts. I think Clevenger is in a slightly bigger doghouse than Plesak. And, yeah, and, that, and that, again, that, that makes sense, too, uh, you know, just from an emotional standpoint. Clevenger, yeah, Clevenger in his last start against the Twins, Joe, gave up, you know, four runs in four innings, walked five, gave up six hits. So, you know, that was still when he was feeling his way. And he may, he may still be because he's missed, what, he's missed three or four starts, right? Right. Here's a, here's a, la- a parting thought. Hey, Paul, and this will get us into the next thing we wanted to talk about. Hey, Paul, uh, does it really matter who's pitching if your lineup has four virtual automatic outs in the, uh, the bottom of it? Uh, that one from uh, CN. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll let that dovetail into our next uh, sort of thought, and that's the, the completely ineffective offense that the Indians ran out there on Sunday. Uh, the top five batters in the order have not changed pretty much all season. Uh, it's the bottom four guys who haven't been able to contribute. I believe at one point yesterday, uh, the last three hitters in the lineup, uh, Jordan Luplo actually got on base uh, his first two times Times up. He had a double and a single. But then the seven, eight, and nine hitters were 0 for 5 with six strikeouts uh, through the sixth inning. And, and that really uh, sort of, short-circuited any opportunities for the offense to get going when, when the bottom of the lineup can't get on base, can't hit. Uh, it was, it was a real problem. Yeah. You know, and I thought, uh, you know, when Naquin and uh, Naquin and, and Perez and, and the uh, uh, shields came back, you know, or, you know, I thought they were, you know, this was, that would kind of energize the bottom of the bottom of the lineup. Uh, and to an extent, it has when they play, but the Shields is hurt now. Um, 
Well, and so, you didn't have Naquin playing in the last two games because left-handers were on the yeah. mound. But but Naquin's been hitting left-handers. I mean, his his, his splits are about average uh, for you know left on left. I I think you got to keep Tyler Naquin in right field until he stops hitting. Yeah, I would. That that seems to me too, Joe. And I know they're trying to get Luplo going, uh, but uh, you know. But you could have you could have kept Luplo uh, at hitting sixth behind Framo Reyes yesterday. And he was effective against his left-hander. Uh, but put Tyler Naquin at seven, put Domingo on the bench, and 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 obviously Bo Taylor was catching because uh, Perez had caught two games in a row and it was a day game after a night game. So you were kind of caught there. But really, that was a game that – Sunday's game, they did, not, they did not have to lose that game. No, and uh, – yeah, definitely. And, and you know, I'd um, – so, yeah, yeah, I mean uh, – it just, uh, if you don't, I mean, like you said, we're halfway through the season, almost halfway through the season, and this is still a problem. I mean, it hasn't gotten any better. The, you know, the last six, the last four or five hitters in the lineup, they keep, you know, Domingo Santana keeps doing just enough to stay in there. You know, he hit the three-run double. Uh, uh, you know, he had two Saturday. of them. He had two three-run doubles this past week. Yeah, and so he does just enough to, to stay, stay in there and kind of, you know, they like to have a, a kind of an ambush hitter down at the bottom of the lineup. But, you know, you need a little more production from a consistency, I guess you could say. They need consistency from them. And, uh, you know, the, you, you've got to create some chances down at the bottom. So at least when the lineup turns over, those, those top four guys have somebody maybe to drive in. But, you know, it's been like a uh, – uh, you know, a, a wasteland, the bottom of the lineup. There's nobody gets on base. Nobody drives anybody in. You know, it's, it's, um, it's easy. It's easy to pitch to. It makes, it makes the Indians lineup very, very easy to attack. You've got, opposition. you've got Cesar Hernandez, who's among the league leaders in uh, doubles. Well, if he's leading off an inning and he doubles, he, he's got Lindor and Ramirez behind him who aren't, aren't effective at, at getting the run in. So, or haven't been this year so far. Yeah. Uh, and then if he does not in the middle of an inning where there's, you know, nobody from the bottom of the order uh, getting on base for him, it's a wasted double because he's, he's up there doubling with two outs and then he gets stranded there anyways. So yeah, and it's, it's kind of a waste. You know, we just haven't, we just haven't, we haven't seen, uh, you know, the power from, uh, from Ramirez and Lindor that, you know, we've seen in, in the last two or three years. We just, right. you know, it's just whatever, you know, this, this, team doesn't really scare anybody I mean Reyes is is the only power hitter and he's the classic all or nothing kind of guy you know when right. he gets on a streak he's very very dangerous but you know he's easy to pitch to at times too all right uh before we get going I uh, wanted to mention Major League Baseball coming out with the announcement yesterday a uh, surprise move I guess uh the Indians will be participating in next year's Little League Classic in Williamsport it'll be a home game for uh, for Cleveland they will be facing Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and the Los Angeles Angels. Do you think any of the uh, the Little League Japanese teams are going to be losing their minds over Shohei Otani <laughs> being there? Uh, and, and Mike That's Trout, cool. think of, imagine being the Little Leaguer who gets to sit next to Mike Trout on the bus on the way to the game. That's <laughs> that uh, you know story for your, the rest of your life. Uh, but uh, Shane Bieber also you know going to be one of the headliners there uh, next year. Uh, it, it's interesting to see how they're, they're both Major League Baseball and the Indians are taking an approach to promoting this, you know, using Bieber, uh, using 
a guy like Roberto Perez or uh, uh, Jose Ramirez, but you don't see a, a guy like Francisco Lindor, who would obviously be the face of something like this, interacting with kids. Uh, he's not all over that, and that's, that's sort of telling as well for, for the Indians. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for, uh, for Francisco might not be here next year. <laughs> Maybe he'll be playing for the Angels next year. Yeah, that's uh, two very distinct possibilities. Uh, but, but also, uh, you know, Carlos Santana, another guy who may or may not, uh, because of contract concerns, uh, I think he's got a $17 million option that, you know, I don't know if the Indians will be able to afford that. But with, if he's able to come back to Cleveland next year, uh, he's participated in this once before with the Phillies in 2018. Uh, he was uh, a participant in that Little League Classic. Uh, Bowman Field in in Williamsport, uh, I guess Nolan Ryan, uh, uh, Bill Mazeroski, guys that have played uh, at that park in, in the past. It's a historic field that was renovated back in 2017 by Major League Baseball and, and the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, so – the, the opportunity is there for a, for a really special night, uh, not just not just to get a chance to play baseball somewhere, uh, you know, that, that we're not used to seeing them play, but to interact with, you know, 16 teams representing, you know, 10, 11, 12-year-olds from all across the country that, that play Little League Baseball. Should be a real exciting time for the Indians. Yeah, definitely. That, sound, that sounds like a great time, definitely. All right. Well, the Indians are opening a, a three-game home series against the Twins. Uh, here tonight at Progressive Field, uh, Hoynesy will be there to to cover it, and 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 we'll we'll finally get a chance to see what this team is made of because right now they need to win some games. They need to they need to beat the Twins. They need to move up in the standings here, and and uh, th that's what's got to happen uh, over the next three days. Uh, they got a good chance tonight with Aaron Savali on the mound. He loves pitching against the Twins, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, this is a big series, no doubt. The Twins are banged up a little bit. And uh, it'd be nice to take advantage of that. All right, Hoinsie, we'll uh, check in with you again tomorrow after the game one, and we'll talk to you again later on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.